0: This is the Storm Report.
1: We want to thank you for listening to the Storm Report podcast in association with the Storm Report Radio Network. I'm your host, Tommy Caster. Don't forget to hit subscribe. That way, anytime we have a brand new episode of the Storm Report podcast, you will get a notification. You can find us on all major podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and many more. Also, you can visit us online at thestormreport.com, get Interactive Radar, find your custom forecast and much more. Also, follow us on Facebook at the Storm Report Radio Network and on Twitter at the Storm Report. So as we've done the last couple of episodes on the Storm Report podcast, we've featured some in-depth conversations with some folks who are in the weather community, whether as meteorologists or broadcasters or both, and today is no exception. We have longtime broadcaster Randy. Picking on the show, Randy has been in radio in Salina, Kansas, for the last four decades, and he joins us now on the Storm Report podcast. Randy, thank you so much for being here.
0: Tommy, my pleasure to be with you today.
1: Well, we have a lot to get to here in the next several minutes on the Storm Report podcast. I guess my first question then is, how are you enjoying retirement?
0: Well, I tell you what, if it wasn't for the virus, you know, I'd like to be able to stretch my my legs and do a little bit more, but sure. uh, didn't realize uh, that when I retired, the whole world would have to stay at home with me for a while. So uh, but, you know, I, I really like the fact that I only observe one three thirty in the day now, not two.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. That's a good thing for sure. Randy, we want to talk a little bit about your career and your background. So for our listeners who are not familiar with you or maybe are not from the area where you've broadcasted for a number of years, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and your career?
0: Well, Tommy, uh, I'm a Salina native. I've not gone much further than Central Kansas. I've been on radio stations in Salina, Abilene. uh, uh, So uh, I started in 1976 uh, keeping stats and doing color for uh, high school basketball. Hung out at uh, radio station KSAL so much they finally gave me a part-time job to limit my hours with their (laughs) FM with changing uh, reel-to-reel tapes on the easy listening station. So uh, uh, that's kind of how I got started. At the age of seven, I'm 63 now. At the age of seven, uh, you used to be able to buy little AM transmitters off the back of comic books. So what I would do, I bought myself a 79 or 89 cent uh, transmitter, would get up bright and early in the morning. Uh, during the summer, sign on, I had a little 45 turntable in my bedroom, would announce the song, play it, go out into our front yard with a little transistor radio to listen to the song, then as it was ending, come back and announce again. So that's kind of how I had my passion with uh, radio. And, of course, this past December, after 44 years of both full-time and part-time radio, uh, retired, Uh course, having a passion for weather as well. Um, I've been fortunate. Eagle Radio asked me this spring to, uh, if I would consider uh, anchoring severe weather with, uh, you know, uh, the storm report folks, Dan Holiday, Jennifer sure. Naramore. And I said, I said, absolutely. And it's been a bizarre year for weather. I mean, we've had up to this date, no tornado watches. We've had a few severe right. thunderstorm watches and warnings. Uh, and uh, we've basically have dealt with some large hail a lot of heavy rain. So it's been a very bizarre year uh, for weather here in central Kansas.
1: Absolutely. So, Randy, I know that over the course of your entire career, you've worked for uh, uh, several radio stations around central Kansas, and you have done just about every job that's needed to be done from being on the air to working in sales uh, management. You've pretty much done all of it over the course of your career. Has there been one area that you've enjoyed doing more than another? And uh, is there an area that uh, you didn't particularly enjoy during the course of your career?
0: Well, I'd like to say that I'm a jack of all trades and master of none uh, <laughs> when it comes to radio, because I've done just about everything. The one thing I was terrible at was sales. Okay. Uh, so I will, I, I lay that on the line. Uh, you don't want me to ever sell anything for, I think I, now that the pressure's not on, I can tell you the positive aspects of, of buying local radio and, and sure. why it would be good for you. And your business, because uh, I've been fortunate to be around broadcasters, and in fact, I've I've worked with or for ten uh, broadcasters who are in the Kansas Broadcasting Hall of Fame. So I've been very lucky to be associated with some very good broadcasters. But uh, the the passion has always been has been weather, uh, you know, uh, going out and chasing. Um, the last several years, I've been an anchor. uh uh, for eagle radio in salina Uh, i've over the years have had to replace i have a jeep well it's uh, my oldest son who's 27 now has that jeep i replaced the windshield three times because of hail Mm, and uh, i I was fortunate enough uh, not only to be uh, interviewed by you but back in 2001 uh, the bbc radio interviewed me about storm chasing and i actually had a woman who wanted to send her son to Kansas to, uh, to chase with me. And I said, ma'am, uh, I appreciate that, but I only go out just a few months of the year and I don't go out looking for the storms. I wait till they come into central Kansas. And, and in, uh, 25 years I was a chaser, I may have only seen a half dozen tornadoes, but boy, I always found the hail. (laughs)
1: I can imagine, uh, you know, there's a lot of different roles that you've served in when you've been covering severe weather from anchoring it in the studio to reporting on it to being out in the field and chasing. Which did you prefer? Did you prefer being in the anchor chair? Or did you prefer actually being out chasing the storm?
0: You know, the, I think as I've gotten older, the anchoring has been, uh, has been a lot more important to me. Well, for one thing, there are so many tools available to folks in broadcasting now that, uh, make it easier to just sit there in the chair and have other folks go out there. You know, when I was a chaser, uh, there'd be times I'd be an hour away from home when the chasing was done. And then I, you know, it'd be midnight, 1 AM, then I'd have to be back at the station by five or six. So I made for a short right. night. Uh, so as I've gotten older, uh, I, I appreciate the fact of being an anchor, but, uh, there were some times it, it was exciting to be a, uh, to be a, a chaser. Uh, I, I will tell you this to, to share with the audience out there, unless you have a, a reason that you're either spotting for the weather service or law enforcement or uh, for broadcast media, don't go out. Uh, you, you clog the streets. That was my biggest fear was streets and roads and highways that would wind up having a lot of traffic on them. Um, years ago I was down in, uh, Lindsborg, which is on the McPherson Saline County line south of Salina, uh, watching a storm. It was a tornado warned storm and having a, ra- uh, a radio station pickup that had the call letters on it. Everybody knew who I was and, and where I was at. I, I actually was concerned about people following me. So I did one of the things that I don't recommend anybody do, and that's drive right into the heart of the storm. And within a mile, I looked back, and there was nobody behind me. So um, <laughs> I was going to take my chance with the tornado, not not having an accident with somebody. And that's that's one of the biggest things I'm concerned about out there is people who chase who don't have a, a, a knowledge or they're not out there for the scientific or relaying the information to law enforcement for safety of the rest of the community. Don't don't go out there. It's it's awfully dangerous.
1: We're talking with Randy Picking, who is a longtime radio personality in Salina, Kansas here on the Storm Report podcast. Randy, one of the things that you mentioned just a moment ago that caught my ear that I wanted to bring up and talk a little bit more at length about is when you said that there are so many more tools that are available at the disposal for broadcasters now, especially when it comes to weather. And, you know, I remember when I first started my career in radio, which was only 15 or 20 years ago, you know, we used the old dot matrix printer to rip off reports and read them on the air well now you get that right on your phone or your laptop you can you know get radar alerts notifications you know social media has been big so what does that look like for you over the course of your now 40 year career the changes in technology in broadcasting and in weather from when you started to now
0: well the immediacy of having the information to relay to the public is fantastic today uh, when uh, I was smiling when you were talking about how technology has changed, we used to have the old seventy-five word a minute teletype. that had the ribbons that, when you changed them, you you had ink all over your hands. It was just sure. one of those things. The Weather Service, and, and again, th- I'm talking about back in the mid '70s when I got started. Uh, used to, ha- uh, you know, you you can pull up a radar on your smartphone now. We used to get what were known as radar summaries once an hour from the Weather Service, and oh, then wow. And uh, what that would do is uh, tell you, okay, there was a line of thunderstorms from, uh, from Hutchinson over to El Dorado moving northeast. It would, it would be one of the things, okay, let's see, it's 35 miles per hour, we're about 70 miles away. So you'd get in and, and try, to, uh, try to guess what you would have in the way of uh, impacting your community on time. That has changed. I can recall another time we had a tornado warning come across the old teletype. A minute after it expired, so things have gotten progressively wow. better over the years. Uh, there are, you know, for for the listener out there, I encourage you because it happens in the spring here in Kansas every year, and I'm not sure if, if different parts of the country uh, how much they go into severe weather season preparedness like we do here in the in the plain states. But attend a uh, a National Weather Service. Uh, presentation on covering severe weather. Go check out their uh, every uh, weather office has a web page. There is a ton of information available there at the uh, at the uh, Weather Service web page. Uh, media has gotten really savvy. In fact, when we have weather that's not bad here, but it's saying uh, I will watch weather information uh, from Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma City has TV stations that really go gangbusters covering uh, severe weather. Uh, this past spring, when uh, Alabama and Mississippi had uh, the wedge tornadoes going through there, right around Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. Right. I would I would watch their uh, their uh, their broadcast, trying to glean is that something that maybe I should pay more attention to when I'm anchoring. Uh, I'm trying to learn. Uh, to be able to give you better information by watching other folks do their, their, uh, their broadcast. So it's, uh, you know, I guess what it is, uh, plagiarism is the most sincere form of flattery. So if I can, if I can steal something from somebody that uh, will work in what I do as a, as a weather anchor, then I'm going to do it.
1: Well, there you go. I know, Randy, over the course of your career, you've had the opportunity to be around several dignitaries, you know, whether that's former presidents, uh, you know, several other people uh, in that regard as well. And I know it's not weather related, but uh, those are, I'm sure, some great stories that you can share as far as who you've met and uh, what that meant to you over the course of, of your long career.
0: Oh, I, I tell you what, uh, Tommy, I've had the chance to meet two uh, former presidents, a former British prime minister, numerous senators and governors from the state of Kansas, and probably my all-time favorite story that I like to share, and people say, Randy, you should write a book. Well, I, I, don't, I think it'd be very thin. It, would, uh, it wouldn't be more than a chapter, but I, maybe it would be. Uh, being close to, in fact, working in Abilene at KABI Radio in 1990, it was the President Eisenhower centennial of his birth. So there was a host of dignitaries that uh, came to Abilene that year, including uh, President Reagan. I got to meet him. Man, he was a very tall man. Because <laughs> I, 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 I still can, and I'm, I'm 5'10", and I know I looked up at him and I'm going, wow, met him. But my favorite story is when Vice President Dan Quayle came to Abilene to deliver uh, an address at the place of meditation where President Eisenhower and his wife are buried and their youngest son. Uh, Of course, being a local announcer and local broadcaster, people knew me. So when he when uh, Vice President Quayle was done with his speech, I left to go back and drop the cassette tape off uh, of his speech at the radio station. And I I lived in Salina, so I was going to drive home. Well, uh, I drove, uh, dropped the tape off, drove home or started heading out of uh, Abilene on a on a county road and up in front of me is this, uh, long line. I said, well, that's vice president Quayles motorcade. <laughs> I had to, I borrowed my dad's crown Victoria. It was an old police cruiser and it was, and I had on a white shirt, sunglasses and a tie. And I actually got up to the very side of the, um, uh, of the, uh, motorcade. I'm going, well, we'll see how long this lasts. <laughs> and as we're getting on I-70 going back to Salina, I figured, okay, there's a state trooper. He's going to stop me. He waved me through. Wow. I'm going, okay. I'm going, okay. So I get on I-70, and I'm uh, from Abilene to east of Salina. The, there's a exit called Ohio Street. I was the last car in Dan Quayle's motorcade, and, you know, they had uh, the rest areas blocked off. You had state troopers standing on overpasses every mile or so with shotguns. And as we got to Salina, the Ohio Street exit, I pull off, and I can only imagine somebody in that motorcade going, where's that guy going? (laughs) So uh, that was, you know, there was no intent to be a part of it, but I was actually part of a vice presidential motorcade. Uh, I got to meet uh, British Prime Minister John Major at a Salina Chamber of Commerce uh, event, annual meeting back in 2000, and it was kind of an honor to meet him, but at the same time getting to uh, visit with – members of Scotland Yard Mm. who uh, was his security detail. And some of the stories they told uh, about Scotland Yard, how, and this is back in 2000 before we've got the climate in the world that we have today. This is before nine 11 and everything. Uh, This um, agent from Scotland Yard said, you know, we only have about 10 people on a detail uh, securing the prime minister. Uh, You have uh, the secret service had 150 people um protecting at that time it was president clinton and uh, they made president clinton made a trip to uh, england and uh, so they they map it all out and then when the president arrived in england it was a whole totally different secure security detail so uh just just the stories like that uh get to get to meet uh, uh folks uh you know through the radio station uh through the job it's uh Uh, it's, I've, I've always said I've, I've led a bit of a Forrest Gump life, (laughs) uh, being at the right place at the right time to meet. Uh, certain people. The only thing is Forrest Gump likes to mow. I do not. So,
1: <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Definitely some memorable moments over the course of a long and storied career in Salina. Randy, before I let you go, one question that I like to ask all of my guests on the Storm Report podcast is obviously uh, during the course of your career in broadcasting and covering weather, we all know that covering weather is scientific. That's what meteorologists do. Science is at the forefront. It takes priority, uh, the science behind it. That being said, there also is an emotional aspect. There's a humanistic aspect to covering weather as well when you're dealing with what could potentially be a life and death situation or at the very least, you know, a threat to folks' livelihoods and and their, their properties, you know, losing property uh, in, in big storms. Uh, What does that mean to you? Have there been moments over the course of your career that you can think back on that, you know, you thought, okay, yeah, there's definitely the science behind this, but uh, definitely there's an emotional toll that it takes as well. When you're covering weather, I'd love to know if you have any of those stories that you'd like to share.
0: Well, I will tell, I I can share a story. My wife and I have been married 30 years uh, this past April that she was in, in the Heston tornado in 1990. She lived in, she lived in McPherson. She worked in Wichita, and they, they uh, you know, commuted every day. Uh, they were driving home that day. They were listening to KFDI radio and John Wright uh, talk about the tornado, and it looked like it was going towards Mound Ridge. And they thought, well, the, the best thing to do is to be able to, um, you know, pull off in Heston and let the storm go through Mound Ridge. Well, unbeknownst to them, Heston took the direct hit, and she was in the uh, hotel, which is right next to the uh, pizza hut and the truck stop that got leveled. Uh, they took wow. shelter. They took shelter underneath uh, 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 tables in a conference room. She says all she can remember hearing is not the wind, but the glass breaking. And when they felt it safe enough to get out and look, looking out a, a window that had been broken out, watching the tornado on the other side of Interstate 135. I was at the time working at uh, uh, Oldies 98.5 K.A.B.I. in uh, Abilene. And I tried to get a hold of her and, and couldn't and couldn't. And uh, it was pretty tense for a while. And then when I finally got a hold of her, I was glad. And then uh, after um, uh, we hung up, I, I just sat down and cried. Uh, I was I was so relieved that she was OK. Here I am, the guy who goes out chasing, would, would love to have been able to encounter a storm like that. And, uh, she's the one that went through it. I will tell you when we decided to start looking for homes to buy, there was one stipulation. It had to have a basement. So, uh, uh, no, uh, to have somebody go through like that. I I also want to try to be very calm and, um, not panic people. I think, you know, you, it could be very easy to panic people. You gotta, you gotta, have a calm tone of voice saying, this is serious. This is what you need to do. I want you to take shelter and, uh, and, and be the calming voice out there, uh, to, uh, you know, it's a bad situation. Um, in, in all the years I, I recall the Greensburg tornado in uh, 2007, how that cluster of storms moved into central Kansas. And then the following night we had another round of storms and a tornado, uh, uh, Struck up in Ottawa County, up uh, north of Salina, a woman was killed at a farmstead. And uh, there's a uh, my favorite place in the world to uh, get away from it all is the Ottawa State Fishing Lake, beautiful lake. They have a place called Cabin Row. Several of the cabins took a, a hit uh, from I think it was a probably an EF two or an EF three tornado. Uh, so you know that hit close to home. It's uh, the flooding uh, back in 1993. I. I the, all the ways we covered flooding. In fact, the chief engineer at KSAL at the time, Don Englehart and I, we rented a plane and uh, we flew up uh, over Tuttle Creek and Milford Lake, uh, the day that they used that emergency spillway for the very first time to see that from the air. Uh, it was, it was amazing, um, uh, uh, to, to cover the flooding like that from, uh, back in 1993. So, uh, I've, being in Kansas, we have weather extremes, and I'm right here in the middle of the, uh, the weather lab, and I've been very blessed over the years to know uh, Mike Smith, who is with Weather Data, uh, Merrill Teller, Cecil Carrier, worked with Kathy, his daughter, for years, wonderful people. Uh, so I've had some good people to learn from uh, over the years in uh, doing uh, weather coverage the right way and not try to panic anybody.
1: Well, Randy, I know that the the listeners uh, in central Kansas are grateful for your years of service, and uh, they're grateful for the opportunity to listen to you over all of these years as you're covering uh, news events and, and weather events as well in central Kansas. And I know that obviously they can still hear you. Uh, with, of course, you know severe weather season has been slow this year, but if there are listeners in that area that uh, want to listen to you, how can they do so?
0: Well, I tell you, it's very easy. Eagle Radio Salina, it's 99.9. 99 K G, uh Prime FM, uh 945 and uh, 910 AM and 107.5 FM K I N A. Uh we really believe in covering severe weather. And I always throw this out. If you just hear me, uh, it's it's Enough to pay attention to the weather, but when Jennifer Naramore and Dan Holliday are with me, that's when you really need to pay attention, because when we decide to put the whole crew together, uh, that's when weather is pretty serious, and uh, uh, I know Jennifer and I have had uh, to get together once this year for a tornado warning in Ellsworth County, but yeah, if you just hear me, pay attention to the weather. Really pay attention if you hear Jennifer and and Dan and
1: I together. It's Randy Picking. He is a longtime radio personality in the Salina, Kansas area, and he has been our guest today on the Storm Report podcast. Randy, thank you so much for taking your time and joining us here on the show.
0: Well, I appreciate the chance to visit with you today, Tommy. Thank you very much.
1: And Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Storm Report Podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe. So anytime we have a brand new episode, you will get a notification. You can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, basically anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Also, go to our website, thestormreport.com. You can find out more about what we do at the Storm Report Radio Network and the Storm Report Podcast. You can follow us on social media, on Facebook, just by searching for the storm report radio network and on twitter at the storm report until next time i'm your host tommy caster you've been listening to the storm report podcast in association with the storm report radio network